Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning, I'm Michelle Martin. Did you know that Singapore has tied with New York as the world's most expensive cities to live in in 2022? According to the Economist Intelligence Unit, these cities have an index score of 100 based on a survey of prices of over 200 goods and services in 172 cities worldwide. So what propelled New York and Singapore to the top of the list, you ask. Higher incomes and stronger exchange rate among the reasons. Uh, It's no surprise, though, that many of us here are feeling the impact of this rise. There was a report by Cigna that showed stress levels here in Singapore remain significantly higher compared to the global average. 86% of respondents say they're stressed out. 15% say they struggle to cope with stress. What are our top stresses? Well, the rising costs of living was cited by 50%. Think of fuel costs or utility costs. And then there's the sense of uncertainty about the future. 38% said this was a cause of stress. Personal finance came in at 35%. So we thought we'd help you out today with growing anxieties around rising prices. How do we define what financially enough is for us? And how do we settle into the state of feeling like you're still in charge of a significant amount in your life and you can still plan for the good things that you want like that dream home and future family so how do you think your way through that if all around you you see prices seemingly moving up there's no one better than our next guest to really help us with these questions he's lived through a lot of these choice points and he's going to share some of his experiences with us christopher tan is ceo of provident good morning chris are you eating out less uh, morning, Michelle. Uh, yes, keeping out lesser, cooking more. But I listen to the whole string of things that you mentioned. I feel so stressed, really. <laughs> well, you always de-stress us, Chris, so I'm glad that we're segueing to you. Now, tell us from your vantage point, what do you think are some of the financial concerns Singaporeans have these days? Yeah, I think some of the things that you have mentioned, I think things are getting really expensive. I mean, property prices are, you know, rising. So people are afraid that they cannot afford to get a BTO uh, or even a resale flat. And then some people, I think parents, a lot of them, they are even worried about their own children, how they are able to get their own property, right? And of course, for those of them who have taken a huge loan, they will feel so burdened now because uh, rising interest rates is really causing their mortgage payments to skyrocket. And they don't know how long they can cope with it before it eats into all their surpluses and maybe they have negative cash flow. So um, these are things they are worried about. And of course, we hear of, uh, I mean, the economy is not really doing that well. And then we have wars, rumors of wars, you know. So people are worried that when when's the recession going to come to Singapore? And if it comes, then what if I lose my job? And some people, they have the aspiration of uh, owning a car. To them, it's an enjoyment to drive. At the rate the COE prices are going, I don't think uh, a lot of people will be ever able to own a car. You know, I, I just heard that my car, which is a Japanese car, when I first bought it, it was 115000 like five years ago, and now it's almost 200000 So how do you wow. own a car? Right? And if I don't even have enough money now, then how am I going to plan even for retirement? So I think these are all the questions people are asking themselves. You know, they are all the financial security questions. Very real concerns. So in the midst of all this, Chris, help us figure out what financial security is. First of all, how do you define financial security? 
Yeah, so I think a lot of people define financial security as having a lot lot of things, a lot of money, but um, really financial security is not about what you have or do not have. I'll say that again. Financial security is not measured by what you have or do not have. Rather, I mean, if you go and Google financial security, yeah, it talks about you know, being in that mental state of rest, of restedness, knowing that you always will have enough and no matter what happens along the way. And if I want to be specific about this, because that sounds really all fluffy, but if I want to be more specific about it, it is really about having enough money to fund your current lifestyle, cope with emergencies such as a loss of job or even a, a medical condition that you don't expect, and yet leaving enough to save towards financial independence. So it's all about being able to have choices, so I think financial security really starts with deciding what is enough for you. And once you are able to have that enough, then you feel financially secure. Okay, so that that differs, of course, and is very subjective. And some people think part of being Singaporean is you're always aiming to be the best that you can be. Mm. And so, you know, enough is movable. People yeah. want to strive beyond what is just enough. Um, yeah. So what are, some, what are some decisions that you must make once you decide on mm. that enough? Yeah, I think, I think first of all, I think we have to define what is enough, right? Because, I mean, enough is uh, subjective and it means different things to different people. So I think we first have to start with deciding the kind of life that we want to live, the kind of life that will really make us happy. You know, as you know before, Michelle, I've shared this with you before in our past interviews mm-hmm. that I read this book called Repacking Your Bags and the two authors there define the living of a good life to be being at the place you belong with the people you love doing the right work on purpose. I always feel that uh, that is a pretty good working definition. Of course, all of us, our circumstances are different. We might define it differently but definitely, I think most people, if they sit down, they will agree that living that good life is not about having a lot of money. Yes, uh, having more money will enable us maybe to live that good life, but maybe not. So, well, we all might be slightly different, but I think it is good to start by asking ourselves first, what does a good life really mean to you? Not from the financial perspective first, but from that life perspective. And then after that, you arrange your financial affairs to help you achieve that good life. So I think first start with what is enough and that enough is not measured quantitatively by money. That enough is about asking yourself what will make me happy? What is my definition of living that good life? And if I may allow me to repeat, right? Enough for me, at least for me, is being able to be at the place that I belong with the people I love, doing the right work very intentionally on purpose. That's great. So that therefore, uh, repacking your bags, the book is really a metaphor uh, mm. to think about what you need to take with you on your journey through life and what you can leave behind. So that, that is sort of what enough is as well. Right. Uh, in case you want to read the book, thanks for the book recommendation, Chris. We love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, repacking your book bags, repacking yep. your bags is a book by Richard Leader and David Shapiro, Shapiro, and it looks that's at right. personal renewal and midlife transition as well, right? Yep, that's right. Helps you rethink your priorities. All right, help us rethink our priorities. What if mm. you've got your enough, mm. but it's still an amount that you cannot achieve? What are some decisions you need to make? Yep, so these are practical. It's a, it's a really practical question, right? So, okay, I sit down and I define that, okay, this is what enough means for me. And then I sit down, I count my money, I, I look at my income expenses, and I say, yeah, but I can't even do that. 
Also, there are a few financial decisions that I think we have to make. I think first of all, we can ask ourselves, can I earn a higher income? Exchange of job, uh, doing more gigs. But then, of course, there is a trade-off, right? Because if you want to earn a high income, maybe you have to take on a more stressful job, you've got to spend more time. There'll be trade-offs. And, but we've got to ask ourselves whether the trade-off that I have to make so as to earn a higher income is worth it. So that's the first question I think we've got to ask ourselves. Where you are right now, are you earning an income you know, uh, that is enough for you? If not, maybe you have to earn a higher one, but you've got to accept the trade-off. The second question uh, politically not very right for me to suggest that but I think if Singapore is too expensive for me then maybe I can ask myself can I go somewhere else you know so I mean it's the reality of life if I really want to live the kind of life the enough living that good life the place that I really belong if Singapore is not the place then can I go somewhere else but it must be the place that you belong and with the people that matters to you. I mean, it's no point going to a place and you are all alone by yourself, right? And then the next question is, okay, I've settled my income, but if I look at my expenses, are there ways to lower my expenses? So if I take Singapore as an example, so you want to stay in Singapore and you want to buy a house, but can I buy a cheaper house, right? Maybe it's somewhere further away from town. Yeah, so you might not be able to buy near town, your Tanjong Paga, you know, that kind of area, but uh, the f- further away places, the BTOs will be cheaper, the resale will be cheaper. Now, can I restructure my insurance, get rid of the expensive one, and then in exchange for a lower premium one, but either with the same coverage or higher coverage? Can I drop off some riders that I don't need anymore? But most importantly, if you want to do that, you got to make sure that you are still healthy enough to change insurance policies. Right. And of course, loan, the, the interest rates are going. Uh, if you are mm. just left with, uh, I mean, the interest rates are going high. And if you are you know, still down with a, a bit of loan, maybe you have some cash that's sitting in the bank. Maybe you want to consider paying off your loans to incur lower interest expense. Or maybe even consider refinancing a loan with another bank if the repricing uh, doesn't work. Uh, uh, most recently, that was what my sister did. And uh, well, she managed to lower her loan by about $200 per month. Not a lot, but at least, well, a bit of a reduction in that area. Mm-hmm. Cars, do you really need one? If not, sell it away, take public transport. But okay, if you really need one, then you really have to accept that you cannot buy that continental car. You probably got to buy a smaller one, a cheaper one. Helper, maybe your kids have grown up. Maybe you have to consider sending your helper home so you lower your expenses. And then look for cheaper alternatives, buy house brands. And just now you asked me whether I've been eating out lesser. Yes, eating out lesser, but uh, not really just for lowering expense. But, you know, I uh, recently took up cooking and it's more interesting. Oh. So cooking saved me some money. Uh, I don't have to pay $60 for a good piece of steak now. You know, I buy it cheaper. It's like less than $20, easy to cook on a, using an air fryer, <laughs> you know, things like that. So it's all about changing habits. And if you sit down and think, there are many ways to lower our expenses. Well, I've got a great book for you. I'll, I'll pass it to you next time I see you. I didn't know you were a new chef. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, please pass it to you. Wow, Asian-style buns, dumplings, oh, and wow, always wow. by Loretta okay. Liu. Okay. I mean, my goal in life is to make my own xiaolong bao at home. Oh. It's an ultimate okay. heart. Mm. I owe you to that, man, Michelle. Make sure I get a book from you. <laughs> <laughs> I will pass it to you. All right. You have spoken about financial independence very often, Chris, and we mm. always get inspiration from you. But how can we achieve financial independence in the midst of all this uncertainty? Next week, mm. we don't know if interest rates are going to go up by half a percent or by none mm. at all. Mm. Um, and we started off by talking about how expensive things are. So how do we achieve financial independence even in an in, in, uh, uncertain and seemingly never-ending rate rise environment? 
Yeah, I mean, the reality is without surplus, you will not be able to save towards your financial independence or retirement, some people call it. So you really need to create a surplus by increasing income and cutting down the expenses that I shared above. But uh, the other thing I have to make a comment is that I see a lot of people putting their spare cash now in short-term cash or cash-like instruments today. I mean, yes, while the interest rate right now or the you know T-bills, the six-month T-bill yields, they are very high now and seems uh, really irresistible. Uh, irresistible. Uh, I think expected returns from equities are also higher. So I think you have to consider this, that every dollar that you place in these short-term instruments is an opportunity cost for long-term returns to help you achieve financial independence. So don't forget that. So if you put everything right now into all these short-term instruments while the rates are really interesting, you just don't have money to now invest for the long term, which will help you achieve your financial independence. So my my really advice is balance it out, right? Yes, they are irresistible. Do put some of your emergency cash into these short-term instruments, but look into the equities market. Uh, the expected returns are definitely higher with the uh, fall last year. And if you have, uh, even if you have very little surplus each month now, hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, uh, start investing. You you never know, right? You have to start somewhere. So mm. just start today. Okay. Speaking of investing, some are wondering how much of their cash should be tied up in investments and how much should they have on hand. Mm. So from your vantage point, given mm. the market conditions that you're seeing, the state of Singapore's economy mm. um, and the global economy, in fact, how important is it to have liquid assets right now here in mm. Singapore? Yeah, it's a key question. Everybody asks that right now. So should I just keep cash, you know, and don't invest first? Well, um, maybe I thought I'll answer this question just by sharing my own personal story. Right in 2008, when the global financial crisis struck, uh, my firm's revenue was greatly affected as markets fell and income from fees paid to us by our clients for investment management fell as well. And to make matters worse for me, I mean... Uh, we were still a very young business back then and I was not earning much. And in, that, in addition, I did not have much cash as I have poured all my life savings into starting Provident. Uh, and I just had a new private property, a condo. So that was a relatively large mortgage, two young kids. Mm. And I was the only uh, breadwinner. Well, and I'm stressed for you, man. Just thinking stressful. about this, I'm feeling stressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad I'm no longer dead now because at that time, I could not participate in any equities which have fallen so much. And of course, we knew, I mean, we know now uh, equities started to go up again six months later, but I couldn't participate. Also, you couldn't any, buy the dip. It's 2008. Yeah. You couldn't buy the dip. Yep. And uh, in April of 2009, just six months after the crash, equities, we all know it went to a bull run until uh, end of 2021. But I couldn't participate back then because I don't have stress. I mean, I don't have cash and I was stressed. I had no peace uh, because I didn't have even money. You know, at that time, I was worrying about my cash flow. So at the time, I promised myself that I would never want to be in that situation again. So, well, uh, over the years, I cut down a lot. I moved out of my property, cut out my expenses tremendously, and now almost 15 years have passed. Uh, although I can, if I want to move back you know, to a condo, drive a nicer car, but I never did. I never felt that I needed to do it. So when uh, 2022 happened, and with all these worrying, uh, all these concerns that we spoke about, uh, today not only am I able to invest, I'm able to participate. I'm financially healthy enough. I've got more than a year of my expenses in my emergency fund. Uh, I have financial security. I have peace of mind. I have rest. I have choices. You know, I, I don't have to worry so much. If I want to eat at a restaurant, I, I go eat, not because I'm very rich, but because financially I'm secure. My expenses are low, right? 
So I think it's absolutely important to answer your question to have liquidity. Absolutely. But, well, my advice is don't have too much liquidity beyond your emergency fund. If you want to keep six more months than what is really needed, I think that's fine. Because remember what I've just said, too much short-term liquidity means an opportunity cost to your long-term financial independence. So have that balance. Oh, that's a great solid financial plan for all of us. Thank you for this strategic approach to managing our finances, even in in tough times, Chris. Really appreciate it. Uh, So when am I coming over for dinner is my next question. (laughs) Anytime. For you, anytime, Michelle. Just ask for it and I'll serve you good steak. (laughs) I'm glad I have this on record. We so appreciate your time with us. He is the CEO of Provident, Christopher Tan. Have a great day ahead, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.